Welcome everyone to the podcast Unanswered Questions with Pastor Tim Cole. This is a podcast where we talk about tough theological and Christian living questions sent in by people just like you. Our hope is that listening will strengthen your confidence in God's Word, helping you to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. If you have any questions, please send them to questionsforpastortim at gmail.com. Yeah, thanks, Justin, uh, for bringing up what I would um, evaluate as uh, a relevant, uh, interesting, but also a needed uh, issue to be addressed among Christian people. Uh, it's if I could replay it or reformulate it, it's what do we do when we see people on the street who look like they are homeless or beggars and they have a little piece of cardboard with a sign saying, I am hungry or homeless veteran or some other message that indicates that they want you to give them money. You see them on uh, very conspicuous street corners. They come uh, mostly males and the look is what gives them away. Uh, so what do we do? Do we do anything? Do we just drive by them? Do we ignore them? Uh, it's a, an area where most people are not familiar with. Their churches are usually unfamiliar with this segment of the population. And we are Christians, though, and God calls us to have compassion on the marginalized, on the poor, on the needy, and to help those who are homeless. But it's hard to know what's the difference. Who is truly homeless? Uh, who is truly a marginalized person? And most people are not equipped. They don't have the experience. And so they're not confident in this whole issue. So uh, I want to approach it from uh, not a simplistic, but somewhat of a simple approach. I have dealt with uh, the homeless, marginalized and poor people for many, many years due to a variety of reasons. Uh, one is uh, extensive experience in prison ministry, both uh, state prison, uh, local county jail, as well as uh, youth facilities, youth lockdown facilities by the Florida Department of Juvenile Justice. When you encounter people who have been in prison uh, and now they're out, often they are in sad straits. And in addition, uh, I served a church for many years with an active food pantry, but also trying to help out homeless people. Uh, reaching out to local homeless shelters. I've been to a mall here in the city. I'm familiar with them. And from that experience, I'll give you not, of course, the last word on the issue, but what I have gained. So hopefully this will not sound theoretical or ivory tower kind of a response, but basically what has happened as a result of my firsthand engagement with this segment of the population uh, two words that I use to make a distinction in this capacity. Uh, as I understand it, there are people who are truly homeless. Emphasis on truly. And I'm going to talk about the factors that make people homeless. Then what does their profile look like? And then what advice should we give them? Uh, what should we do to really 
not enable them, but to help them. Help them. Uh, let's first of all, therefore, look at some of the factors that contribute to homelessness across the world, across the nation, and in our own city. Uh, one is, especially during this COVID-19, is uh, unemployment. People have lost their jobs. Sometimes the jobs have been minimum wage. And even then, without a minimum wage coming in, they do not have enough to make ends meet. And they end up because they end up on the street because they can't pay the rent. And when that happens, um, if a person is unfamiliar with social services or they don't qualify for some reason, they are truly a homeless condition. Uh, other homeless conditions are people who are have contracted a sickness or a disease and they are not able to work, able to function, and they can't obviously afford to stay in a hospital. Other factors that contribute to homelessness are family divisions. Uh, when there's perhaps a divorce or separation in the family and one has been at home, not employed, now they find themselves without a job and without a place to stay. This often happens with men more so than women. Then uh, in Pinellas County, where, I'm, where I live, there are literally hundreds of children who are turfed out uh, of their homes due to disciplinary problems at home or they've dropped out of school and they've run away. Uh, Pinellas County has thousands of homeless teenagers. They live on the street because they've been turfed out. They have no place to go. And then finally, there are people who have mental challenges. No longer can mental people or people with mental issues uh, be incarcerated. They are let out on the streets and they uh, have nowhere to go. And if you are grappling with mental challenges, you cannot get a job. And if you cannot get a job, then you cannot pay the rent on a place to live. So these are some of the factors that contribute to genuine uh, homelessness. And in our state, we seem to be sort of a drop-off state for many, many other states in the Union. <laughs> you can come down to Florida because it's warm down here. We don't have a cold winter like many people do in the North. Also, Florida is a place for runaways. It's a place to get away from life. It's a place to leave trouble behind and find a new way. Often, though, they come down to Florida on vacation and they end up in, on probation as we used to say, in prison circles. So there are many factors that contribute to true homelessness. Now, what's their profile? What does a truly homeless person look like? And this is somewhat stereotypical, but I'm hoping the stereotype helps you to see that there is a difference between uh, someone who's truly homeless and through no fault of their own versus someone who looks like they live on the street but they're just simply people who enjoy the street. That's where they want to live. The profile usually is true homeless people are usually younger in age. You'll find them in late teens and early 20s. And you will also see that they have limited time on the street. They have limited time walking the streets of your city. And therefore, they don't have that street look. They don't have that, in, that dark, dark skin from 12 hours of exposure to the sun that other people have. So their appearance is not extreme. Their appearance is more moderate and modified. 
And if you stood two different types of homeless people together, the differences would be noticeable. So they usually tend to be younger. And just recently, um, I was um, heading down 38th Avenue North, and I saw a young man on the corner. He was young. He did not have that uh, very dark tan, and he had both arms bandaged, both wrists bandaged. So I picked him up and and had him tell me his story, took him to a local eatery, and sure enough, he fit the profile. He was young. He had just been to hospital, had surgery on his hands, lost his job, had no money, had no place to stay. So I steered him to a homeless shelter here in the city and never saw him again on that street corner. Now, what advice can we give people like this? If you if you meet somebody and see somebody on the street that looks young, does not have that typical street person profile and look, what do you do? Well, the first thing is you don't want to give them money. I know that people give them money. They'll give them a, a dollar bill or a couple of dollar bills, or in some cases, they'll give them a five or a $20 bill. I don't advise that. Uh, what I advise is rather than giving them money, giving something that you know will in fact help them. If you're a man and um, you have perhaps someone with you, you could take them to a local restaurant, a local eatery, a local fast food establishment and provide a meal for them. And as they eat the food and order the food with you, you could have them tell you their story. And uh, now you have to have some ability uh, to discern to know whether the story you're telling you is true. But for the most part, most people can hear a story and know whether it's far-fetched or based on reality. Uh, so you can you can give them food, but uh, food that's purchased at a local eatery. Also, if you can, you may want to carry in your car. If this is something that you see virtually every day and it gets to be old, you may want to give them a health a care bag or a health care sack. And in that sack would be toothbrush, toothpaste, a bar of soap, a water bottle or two, um, things that then perhaps they might be able to use at a store like a gift card to a local eatery or to a grocery store. Those are things that they are not going to abuse. They're not going to abuse a toothbrush or a washcloth or a towel or a water bottle or a six-pack water bottle um, or a hairbrush. Uh, these are things they can use and probably need. And if possible, maybe even a small uh, a blanket for their use. Um, if you are a woman and you are driving, uh, I would not, I would not advise this. If you're a woman driving in the car, you've got your kids with you, or you're on your way to the office, or you're on your way to school, and you see a homeless man or woman, I would not advise that you would pick anybody up. If you have somebody with you who's an adult perhaps an adult male, and I don't mean to be stereotypical or anti-women here. I'm just thinking about your safety, thinking about your security. You don't want to put yourself in a position where your safety is at risk. You don't know this person. You have no idea who they are. You don't know their story. And so I would suggest that women should not do this unless they're accompanied by a group, in which case there may be safety in numbers. And then if you're a long way away, I've had to do this. I'll take them, if if it's possible, 
schedule for ridding, take them to a well-known shelter. Here in Pinellas County, the, the COVID-19 COVID has virtually closed every single shelter. Like, for example, there's one here in our city called People That Love, and it still helps homeless people. It provides um, services, but they no longer have beds, facilities for homeless people anymore. And that's simply due to the impact of COVID-19. There is another place called Turning Point down on Fifth Avenue North in our city, but it's strictly for people who are under the influence. And in fact, they won't let you in unless you're uh, drunk or unless you're on drugs. <laughs> so if you're sober, you're not allowed in. I know it's a strange thing, but they're trying to make it strictly for people who are intoxicated. Um, and I'm not even sure of their particular status right now in view of COVID-19. With homeless shelters, you have crowding. And crowding is not a, a good idea during these days of COVID-19. But this is an exceptional time in the history of the world and in the history of this country. So I've talked about what we call truly homeless people. They're younger. You can kind of tell it. Uh, they don't have that street look. And there are many factors that contribute towards homelessness. And if, if I could do a little bit of preaching here, forgive me. This is not a preaching forum, I know, but um, often people in the church um, believe that, well, you just need to get a job and get to work. You just need to, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, get to work and get a job and quit begging for people. But there are many, many people out there, such as kids, who are on the street through no fault of their own. They are homeless. They are helpless. They need help. And unfortunately, um, a lot of people in churches uh, don't believe in any type of social help, social justice. They don't believe that the government should be supporting these people. And while there is abuse of the system and while there are many people who enable are, are being enabled, uh, what, what is unusual about the very people who complain about it, they belong to churches who are doing nothing. They belong to churches who spend, spend multiplied millions uh, on buildings, on entertainment at the church, on huge parking lots, and on staging, and on lights, and all the rest of this ridiculousness. And meanwhile, there are people on the street in that same neighborhood who are hungry and homeless and without clothing. And so it's one thing to criticize the government for trying to help people. Well, where else are they going to go? They have no family. Their families split up. Churches spend billions of dollars on themselves, and they have no budget for the poor, the marginalized, those in prison. Uh, they don't spend money on people outside of their doors, other than perhaps on foreign missions. But this is something that uh, I think churches need to reconsider. If the government is not supposed to do it, then perhaps the church ought to consider this. Well, I'm getting off topic just a little bit, but that was meant as a maybe a seed of thought, a seed for discussion uh, with your church leaders, with those who are in charge of the budget. Where can we fund our money to help out people who cannot help themselves? Um, just one more illustration. Um, I, I sat with three young men last Sunday night in a prison, a juvenile prison, getting to know who they are and where they're from. And um, one young man, who was enjoying some dessert fixed by some of the ladies in our good church, 
they were just enjoying the fool out of those desserts. They're homemade. They were so tasty. And I was listening to their story. And one said, well, uh, you know, I don't know where my dad is. I had never had any contact with my dad. And my mom on the phone says that she's too busy to talk to me. And she doesn't want me to come home when I'm released. She said, he said, so I have nowhere to go. I don't know where to go. It's people like that multiplied by 100 that create a problem in the culture. They have nowhere to go. So what are they going to do? They're going to steal. <laughs> and as a result, um, we end up with more criminals building more jails, more detention centers, and more prisons. So in other words, the tax base goes up or the tax rates go up because there's no way to deal with these young men and young women. And it's family breakdown frequently. It's family breakdown that creates problems. And you have innocent bystanders like children and young people. Now, the other group is what I would call street people. These are um, people who live on the street or they look like they live on the street, but they spend their entire day on the street and on the street corner with their little cardboard signs, panhandling and begging for money. And this problem became so acute that Pinellas County and the city uh, instituted a law that it was illegal to do that. And they opened up, and this is, a, in my judgment, a great idea. I think the mayor was responsible of opening up a shelter, huge shelter, for all of these people. It was free. They would get um, a bed to sleep in, a secure area where they could sleep in safety, and three meals a day. So they'd get hot food. They would get a caseworker to help them get back on their feet, try to find a job, try to get in school. And they would be supplied a place to sleep at night and a secure place. And many people took advantage of that. But there are thousands who do not want that kind of a facility because there are rules. There's a curfew. You have to be in the facility by 10 o'clock. And the other rule is there's no alcohol and no drugs. And many people do not want to follow the rules. They want their cake and eat it, too. There's no pun intended there. They want to be able to live their lifestyle on the street, have a place to sleep, be fed, and not work. In other words, they are using the system. Uh, they do not want the responsibility. These are street people, and they have no desire to get off the street. They have no desire to make a better life for themselves. They enjoy simply letting other people do their work. They're usually older. They're in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. They spend their entire day on the street, and it looks like it. Uh, their clothes are usually dirty and ragged. They have deep tans from top to bottom. But often, even though it may look like they're homeless, they do have a place to stay. They live with someone or they live in some sort of a house or some sort of a shelter, but they still stand on the street corner and can make up to $150 to $200 a day just simply begging. If you stood on the street all day long for eight hours in a very heavy traffic intersection with cars stopping for the stoplight by necessity and you held your basket out or your hat with your cardboard sign, with some sort of a sympathetic sign saying, I'm hungry, I'm homeless, you're going to get money. People are going to feel compassion for you. And it's those people who are taking advantage of so many 
of the citizens of our own city. I call them street people. Um, truly, they are not, often they are not homeless. Uh, they're entitled and they're easily dissatisfied with shelter. I had one young man, I'll not tell you his name. Uh, I was helping him eat every day. He came to the church. I fed him breakfast, took him to lunch, and then realized he needs to go to the shelter. So uh, I took him to the shelter up on 49th Street, up near the Pinellas County Jail. And he called me and complained that the bathrooms uh, for the men in the facility did not have any stalls. In other words, he wasn't given privacy when he had to use the restroom, so he left. So I said, you know, that's just the part of the territory that you get when you are living in a facility for homeless people. You, you can't be choosy. I said, beggars can't be choosy here. But he was dissatisfied with the bathroom facilities. Now, granted, I don't want to go to or use the washroom in front of everybody. I get it. But you know what? He had a counselor there, a case manager to help him find a job. He had three meals a day. He had medical help, free medical help if he got sick or got wounded, and a place to sleep at night. This is the attitude that many people have, is that they feel entitled. They feel entitled to the best. And if you, woe be to you if you try to help them and don't give you, don't give them the best. So what I'm trying to draw a picture of is that there's truly homeless people. And there's a lot of people out there that look like they're homeless. We call them street people, and they have no desire to move ahead in life, become responsible, contributing citizens. So I hope I don't come across as sort of this heartless, um, compassionless person. I've dealt with these people now for 30 years. And while there are exceptions to every guideline, exceptions to the story, this is what I have found over the years. It's better to find people who truly are needy and try to help them. But at the same time, we don't want to hide behind our political platforms. I had a man tell me that he believed that we should not give people fish. We should teach people how to fish. And I wanted to ask him, though I didn't. I said, well, how many people have you taught to fish in the last 20 years? Of course, I knew the answer was none. He was hiding his lack of compassion behind a political platform. But his political platform was absolutely worthless because he hadn't done a blessed thing. And he had no plans on doing anything. So I really have uh, no respect for people who hide behind their political platform, whether it's Republican or Democrat. Unless you're doing something practically to put that platform into practice on a regular basis, I don't think you have any grounds to open your mouth. You really need to start looking for ways to help out those who are truly needy. And there's a lot of people like that. But know ahead of time that it's just not, you know, hand out a bag of candy like you do at Halloween when they come to the door trick-or-treating. It is involved in people's lives, and people just don't get healed overnight. It takes a while for people to learn how to actually work a whole day and then work a whole second day and be responsible, get there on time and not leave early, not get upset. It takes a while to teach people those attitudes, and it's all about attitude. 
Sometimes it's skills, but most of the time it boils down to attitude. So, you know, in between all of the political robbery, I kind of stand somewhere in the middle. I have sympathy for both groups. We need to be responsible. We need to be responsible for our own welfare. But at the same time, there are people who slip through the cracks. There are thousands of people that are homeless in this county alone through no fault of their own. So we want to be discerning. We want to be wise as serpents and not get taken in, but at the same time, not to be callous and compassionless. I think the heart of Christ would want us to use our minds, but also to use our hearts. Well, I've been going on and on here. Hopefully, hopefully this has been helpful. It's not the last word, but um, sharing what I've done over the last 25 to 30 years with real people, with real problems, both men and women and kids. And you can make a difference in someone's life. Uh, you could give them hope. You could give them a reason for living simply because you were willing to be compassionate towards them. Hey, thanks for listening. And we look forward to the next broadcast. So back to you, Justin. Thank you for joining us this episode. And remember to send all your questions to questions for Pastor Tim at gmail.com.